0: Is a marketing strategist and entrepreneur, the CEO and founder of Spa Destinations and Outfront Brands, and she is the author of The Balance Between Hustle and Flow. An early adopter of the Amazon marketplace, she was recognized in 2018 by the company with the Champion of Retail Award. And in 2020, she received an Enterprising of the Woman Enterprising Woman of the Year Award. She is also a speaker and advocate for the interests of women in business. We love that. And small business leaders uh, nationwide. And she is a fellow Greek. Welcome Theo Prodramides. I probably pronounced it the Greek way instead of the American way, to marketing mindfulness and martinis.
1: Thank you so much. You did. It's Theokia Anna Prodromitis in Greek. So you pick the Greek version or Prodromitis.
0: There you go. So I always like to start my podcast with asking my guests where they are from.
1: Oh, absolutely. I love to tell where I'm from because it is woven into part of who I am. I was born in Manhattan, so I got the best of both worlds, and I was raised in Florida and have gone back and forth and enjoy the hustle of New York City and the beauty and the energy, unlike anywhere in the world, and then the natural beauty and the
0: openness of being raised in Florida. Quite quite a difference for certain. So how did you get from there to where you are now? From
1: there to here? It's a long journey. But I'm going to say that originally in New York we lived by the United Nations and we had a very fast paced lifestyle. And my father decided that he wanted to slow things down for our family and picked up and moved us. To Florida, although he commuted to Manhattan. So uh, kind of commuting lifestyle and fast pace was part of my DNA as well. So we moved us to Florida. We bought a golf course and uh, some apartments there in Tarpon Springs, Florida, the home of the Greeks. There's, I think, 15,000 out of 30,000 people there are Greek.
0: Well, I know. I, I used to hear stories when I was a kid about that they actually would have the people diving for the cross, which is... So, something that doesn't happen a lot out of outside of Greece. <laughs>
1: it's different. the largest celebration of the uh, Greek Orthodox or Orthodox religion um, Epiphany celebration on January sixth, and the Archbishop of our church of uh, always honors us with a visit. So we have, uh, I think, around thirty thousand visitors. Although with COVID, we we had to do away with that version of it, but it's a rich tradition and i know we're going to be talking later a little bit about spa destinations and the sponges because tarpon springs is where uh, the sponge docks are and it is where the um, actual products that we do sell as a teaser uh, we sell them on amazon that's what we're going to be talking about
0: <laughs> yes so you've been a hugely successful entrepreneur you have this great story we'll get to the spa destination business first the great story about how you built that business as an amazon seller As we were coming out of the 2008 recession, which seems like 100 years ago now, given that we're living in a pandemic. Um, But that was a big deal then. It was was definitely another crisis that we all suffered through. Can you tell us about that?
1: Absolutely. I would love to. It's uh, really, it's a rich entrepreneurial story. And we launched Spa Destinations in 2003, and I had just had my first child, and we launched it as a multi-level marketing direct sales company where you sold at in-home parties. And we were going great and building up our organization. And then, of course, like everybody else, boom, the, uh, the crisis of 2008 hit, and everything changed. So we had to decide what to do with this business and how to meet the market demands that were currently present and say, how are we going to reinvent ourselves, stay in business, honor the people that have taken the journey with us and uh, go through that crisis together.
0: Wow. And tell us what exactly is spa destinations? What, What are these products that you sell?
1: Excellent. Spa Destinations is a line of at-home personal care products because, Joanne, what happened was when I was working, I had the great benefit of being a national sales trainer and traveling all all over the world. And I went to all these spas and I loved it. I love luxury (laughs) pampering myself. Mm -hmm. So then when I got married, I had my first child and suddenly my world changed. And it changed for the better in so many ways. But Some things fell off, like going to the spa. So we created Spa Destinations with the intention to have people carve out a little bit of luxury in their daily routine and make their shower a little bit more luxurious with natural sponges and natural body products and body lotion. That's how it was born.
0: Wow. wow. So so what does it mean to be an Amazon seller? I mean, people hear this a lot. We hear about success stories. I mean, you have an incredible success story with it, but what exactly does that mean? I don't well, think everyone understands that.
1: It's a very common question I get asked, and there's a lot of misconceptions of what it isn't. <laughs> so I'll go into the a little bit of the background of what happened with spa destinations and, and reinventing ourselves and When I saw the opportunity to sell on Amazon, I really, it's because of my spunky Greek nature that someone told me, oh, you know what? Don't sell on Amazon. It's horrible. They treat everybody terrible. You know, you'll never make it. Theo, you're a people person. Don't go there. That's just sitting behind the keyboard. That is not the place for you. You'll never make it work. That was really, I said, oh, you know what? I don't, I'm somebody who likes to challenge that, Joanne. I understand that that's a conception, but I think it was a wake up call. For me, it's divine intervention because I believe that uh, wholeheartedly that when something sparks that and I said, I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to research this myself and see what it is. And so that was really the spark to investigate, to see what it meant to be an Amazon seller. So I took the leap against other colleagues that were in professional beauty said, oh, no, they compete with us. They are the, you know, the big bad guys. And I had the opportunity to start selling spa destinations and our natural sponges and meeting the needs of customers that could no longer get it. And Mm -hmm. I really saw it from a marketing perspective of service in Filotimo, which is, you know, serving for the greater good. I wanted this great project, not just for the financial rewards of having a a brand that does well, but in essence, meeting the customers where they are. And that's how we started to sell on Amazon. So what it does mean is in some regards democratizing opportunity. And in other regards, it's a very complicated platform that means you better be on your toes and research every single program they have to carve out what can work for you
0: and your brand. And it's all based, it's all basically digital marketing. Is that correct? In yes. Terms of, so you re- did you know anything about digital marketing at that point or was it, did you learn as you del- del- dove into it?
1: Both. I did know a little bit about digital marketing and I know that that's your expertise, which I love, and I love the fact that you, you know, pass that on and, and share that passion because that's another thing that people are really—that's a mystery. What is digital marketing, <laughs> right?
0: It, uh, well, because it's so many things. Yes, it's so many things. People automatically hear digital marketing and they think, oh, that's just social media, and and it's, it's so much more than that. Or they think it's just you know doing a. a paid search on Google. And yes, that's something that you do, but that is, it's much more comprehensive than that.
1: So in answer to your specific question, I did know enough to know that I didn't
0: know enough. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) So, that's why you're a successful entrepreneur, because (laughs) I knew I could do it. I had the
1: confidence, which is something that I want to share with you, whoever the listeners are, whether they're at their CEOs or whether they're in their first job or trying to transition and they've been pushed out of the workforce, you are enough. You can do it, whatever it is innately. If you get around enough of the right people and find the right group, and the right information, it's really unlimited. And that's a positive message. It's not Pollyanna. It takes a lot of hard work. So I dove in and when people ask me, oh my gosh, that first year, how did you approach it? Um, I took it as if I was a complete neophyte and I went on every single tab, which is an inordinate amount of time. And I think I spent probably 400 hours on... Uh, the customer support line because Amazon provides unlimited support for sellers. So that was really the key. And in some regards, Joanne, you know, when you're starting with a new digital Mm -hmm. platform, their support team sometimes is reading from a manual. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had that experience where you're thinking, why am I talking to this person? I probably know more than they do, but there was a lesson of humility in it that, Mm -hmm. I think I needed and I could really gain from to say, you know what, this is an enormous opportunity to reach the customers. And let me just take a step back and learn more about their digital marketing platform, which I did. And I tried every program and uh, grew that way from trying some things and being unsuccessful. I mean, one... One program I signed up for in the first month cost me $15,000, which back then was a lot of money and net zero results. Actually, our sales went backwards. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So there was definitely an investment in there. One of the things that you said earlier when you were talking about this that really stuck with me is that you had so many people telling you not to do this. And yet something told you to do it. And I I think there's a lesson in there because I think often we forget to listen to ourselves and that maybe we are the best person to listen to, even if we fail, at least we have no one to blame, but ourselves, but we don't go about and say, well, I, maybe I should have done that. But you really just kind of talked everyone aside and said, sorry, I'm going to give this a try anyway. It was
1: part gut instinct, which I follow tremendously because it's, based on my years of experience. It's not just a whim. People say, oh, my, you know, I had this feeling. Yeah, you had this feeling because you've lived your life. And at that point, I had decades of experience in business. Second thing is, is I try not to take advice from somebody who's not doing it. None of them were Amazon (laughs) sellers. (laughs) Why would I take advice from them? I didn't know any Amazon sellers. So then I started on the journey to actually connect and had the tremendous fortune, which I talk about in my book about serendipity, to be invited in my first year of being a seller to an Amazon uh, Women's Leadership Conference. It was the first one that they had ever done. It ended up being the only one they ever did, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but it was a really great turning point because Joanne... You can imagine that going to Amazon headquarters, being invited, there were only, out of the uh, millions of Amazon sellers, they only invited, I think, uh, 400 women. Somehow, I had the the, uh, lucky star that I was invited, and it was like going to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. When I went, I observed everything and again took that approach that even though I was a very successful CEO, owned my own brand, had been a national sales trainer, I put all that aside. And when I arrived, I arrived at the uh, leadership conference probably an hour and a half early and I absorbed everything. I sat down there, I looked at the little hologram scanner. I mean, they're hardcore when it comes to entering the Amazon uh, network. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was exciting. It was exciting because it was something they built it up. And then, of course, their facilities are second to none. The door, I remember, that led to the conference had a giant wheel on it. And I'm all about the feeling and aesthetics so that when they turned this wheel that was probably 10 feet tall, it made you feel like you were entering another world.
0: It's pretty. That is that is pretty amazing, but again, I, I think it's, it's it's what you're saying is so important because I think we think that we get to a certain point and we know so much, and we forget that. What we know is that we don't know everything and that to approach, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're learning something new, you, you have to approach it from that place of, well, yeah, I know I know a lot, but maybe I don't know everything. And, I, and now how am I going to learn everything? Let me see what's most important here and, and combine that with what I know already to, to move it all forward. So I am told that it's a lot more challenging now to achieve the kind of success that you did as an entrepreneur on Amazon. Can you talk about how Amazon could help somebody who might be starting a business in 2021? Which Absolutely. Like, I can't believe it's 13 years ago now, but that is 13 years. <laughs> yeah. My math, right? That's
1: the, the point is that is really important. Joanne is that as Amazon evolves um, businesses and brands evolve. So it, it is a great opportunity for different profiles at different times um, the legacy was back then that there was half and half at the leadership conference of people that owned their own brands and people who sold other people's brands and then did retail arbitrage. So really had, you know, were were just retailers that were you know retail arbitrage going to buy something at Marshalls and reselling it there. As mm-hmm. the platform evolved, there's less and less opportunity for that. You can still do it if you have a great continuous supply of. Q-tips or something like that. <laughs> <But> what they've <laughs> they focused on more, Joanne, is building up the brand experience. It is the perfect venue for anybody that owns a brand needs a presence on Amazon because 58% of product searches online begin on Amazon. They begin there. So how could you have a brand and not have a presence or manage your presence On Amazon, so that's what it's great for now, and it's evolved from selling other people's products. There's so much red tape, and they're they're regulating it for the betterment of the computer, uh, the consumer, because they're they're customer centric, and it really wasn't helping anybody to get secondary goods that were mishandled, that they didn't know the origin, and it was a big cluster (laughs) of of experiences. Mm -hmm with selling other people's brands. So speaking to the entrepreneurs in the audience or anybody who wants to start a side hustle and knows something great that they can provide, they either have a source and they can represent it or have their own brand. That's where it makes sense to dive in and manage your brand on Amazon.
0: Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, that statistic that you threw out there about most product searches are starting on Amazon because we've gotten so into this let me google it and and yet you know not that people are not searching on Google or maybe you know they're using Bing or something else like that, but most of the time it's Google um, that most are happening on amazon and and that's probably why they do so well right because you're going to Amazon you're usually already at what we traditionally would call bottom of the funnel. you're already ready to make some sort of a purchase as opposed to just researching more about it. Um, so many of us, myself included, have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with Amazon. As I like to say, I love it more than I hate it. It's not like Facebook, which I hate more than I love because um, I love the ease and dependability of purchasing what I need. But you know, I'm not always a fan of how dominant they've become, especially for s- the smaller retailers that may be getting pushed out. So you're you're a policy advocate for them, is that correct? Yes, yes. So, so, what would you say to people like me? What I I'm would to say, to, shut up, Joanne. Don't say that. No,
1: <laughs> no, no. I don't say that at all. And, and Amazon actually welcomes uh, some of the dissension. I'm part of the National Retail Federation Small Business Advisory Council, and at our meetings, there are a lot of retailers that are more um, in, in your seat there that don't have a lot of experience or they just don't they don't see how it's going to benefit them and they have um, negative affiliation so when I'm introduced as an amazon seller I'm not always although I'd like to be I'm not always the most popular one in the room they, <laughs> they don't see that as like oh that's so great because uh, they you know obviously there's an affiliation there and the reason that I do uh, you know work with Amazon and, and uh, work with the US House of Representatives small Uh, business committee is because of the education portion that if you have a brand, they have tools that are 100, you know, the small fee to be an Amazon seller, 100% um, free for you to manage your brand. And one of the things that I always say is that just putting your brand on there gives you a chance to protect your intellectual property. And they've really bolstered that because the other statistic is people don't realize is that, 50% 50% of the sales on Amazon are from third-party sellers. Wow. People are shocked by that because that's a big number. It is a big so number. So they're supporting a lot of family businesses, and you have to stay up to date with their terms of service, and they change things, and they the, the algorithm changes. But as long as you dive in and continue to research and you take it for what it is, you still build your business online. You still have your own website as your primary source of communicating and creating value for your customers but the convenience always i always say sell your standard product on on amazon and if you have specialty products or something to build the customer relationship then sell that on your website but don't leave the amazon portion out because even though they can be perceived as the behemoth and the giant they are providing a a creative resource and they have a handmade division for people who hand make things and they have the brand registry program for brand owners.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I found amazing is that, because I'm, you know, a New Yorker at heart, so I'm, I'm a shopper and I'm always looking for a deal. But one of the things that I've noticed sometimes is that if I've gone to a brand's website and then I've gone to Amazon, cause they have a store there or where they're just selling it there that the delivery time on the brand its website itself could take a week, and if I get it through Amazon, it's the same thing. And, you, and it's and, and it's it's the company. It's not someone else is not selling it. I can get it in two days, and I've never understood that.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I learned very early on is that Amazon is a logistics company. They they are masters. When I send my product in, I'm leveraging an 800 pound gorilla of the Amazon logistic supply chain where um, they will put it to a warehouse and they'll transfer it between warehouses where it's most likely to sell so that it can get to the customer within two days, no matter what you do uh, the branded websites. It's the same. What you're saying is true. And the other thing is the actual um, trusted brand that when you go to an individual website, Unless you have a relationship with them, you're going to trust that, hey, if this is not what it says, there's an A to Z guarantee on Amazon, and they're going to take it back. They're going to hold everybody accountable, and that's always not the case. It's a case in a lot mm-hmm. of brands on their own website, but sometimes you don't know. You go to whois.com. You check it out. <laughs> is it really wrong? <laughs> you do that, right? So okay. is this a real company? What is this? Then when you try to, they ghost you because you're trying to return something. Amazon is a logistics company and they help smaller brands. You can start with basically nothing. It's $39.99 to open an Amazon account and you can sell as many products as you want. All those brand uh, registry programs to protect and promote your brand are free. So I think there's a balanced approach. I think there's a place for it in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you put all your eggs in one basket because you really want to own the customer relationship. And when you deal with Amazon, you don't. You can't contact the customers. They're Amazon's customers, but it's still
0: great because you're serving a lot of people. So we have to talk about your book. Yes. A little bit here. The Balance Between Hustle and Flow. I mean, I love, love, love this title. Um, Having spent my corporate years in the media business where it was all about the hustle, it took me quite a while to understand what the flow meant. Can you talk about what this means, this balance? Yes,
1: 100% the balance between hustle and flow and the
0: subtitle is knowing
1: when to make things happen and when to let them happen and this is the underpinning of success for every ceo and every frontline worker i've ever met they know when to make things happen or they they're refining it and when to let them happen when i say flow i people sometimes mistake go with the flow for being zen and doing nothing Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. No, but I, I, I had a period in, when I first left corporate, I had a period of time where was like, okay, I'm going to go with the flow. And I forgot that I need to have some hustle in here. So,
1: And it's that balance, Joanne, you're exactly right. So you have to refine your inner directedness and listen to the people circling back to the Amazon conversation when I gave that critical thought to saying don't take advice from people who don't sell on Amazon to prevent you from being an Amazon seller. Thank goodness I didn't listen Mm -hmm. to them (laughs) and do the hustle and generate things, but then be intuitive enough to see when there's a sign or when intuitive enough to feel the flow and know which direction to go to. And that's contrary To the model with the reason I wrote it was first and foremost as a dedication to my family and my my beautiful uh, kids that inspire me every day to balance, hustle and flow. Because the flow means embracing the moment and really enjoying some of the success. It can mean that too. But also using both of those components so that they're not combating each other
0: they're not combating each other. What do you mean by that? Explain that to me. In the culture
1: of working in, you know, managing uh, accounts in the Northeast, say the hustle, hustle, hustle was, that was, I was like, a 10x. I could outwork anybody morning, noon, and night. Cause I'm passionate. I love what I do, high energy and the hustle, but not letting them conflict means that you, there is a space for the flow. There's a reason why. If you hustle enough, just enough, mm-hmm. that some of the key components will click for you, like a cog in a wheel. And you have to be mindful enough. And it also means listening, listening to yourself and listening to customers. Because with all of the hustle, Joanne, how many times have you been with somebody high energy? And there's it's a one way.
0: <laughs> I, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count. <laughs> That that, that 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 is for sure. But you know, it, it's I talk about that a lot wherever I go, certainly with my students, about listening. It's like we even we look at something like social media, people think it's all about talking. And it's not, not if you're using it to build a brand. It's also about listening, because you have an opportunity to listen and hear in real time what someone may be saying about you. But when I first started selling a hundred years ago, someone said to me that if I took the time to ask the right questions and listen to the answers that I'd have all the information that I needed to show that person why I could, how I could help them. But it seems to be, it seems to be a lost art. Sometimes we don't listen to ourselves though. You did, you did when you, you, when you, when you, when you did this, but knowing the difference between the times to make things happen and the times to let them flow, that, how do you, that sounds really challenging. How would you How do you do that? How would you offer some advice to listeners? And how would you do that?
1: Well, that's a great question. And I get asked that probably the most about about the (laughs) book, because the balance is something that's right for you. But a good rule of thumb is to stir things up. Say, for instance, you're trying to reach out to a a high level decision maker, and you're trying everything. So you hustle, 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 because it would mean a lot So when you, what I would say is how you balance it is that you do uh, send out three or four email. You do make a couple of phone calls. You do all the things you would do, and then you let the feedback come back. Don't be afraid of silence. Don't be afraid.
0: Love it. I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, for that. That's how... I've mastered it is because it's so scary Joanne to do that and let go because you say I could do more. I can add one more person. Just sit back, give yourself a, you know, a week instead of trying to rush through. And then you're on to the next group of people who conflict with the first group, because now that time, now that person's coming. And then you're saying, Oh, I already have an introduction to, uh, to her. And then you're saying, oh, I, I turned it up too much. So that's how I do it, is I create hustle, then I let it go, or the opposite. You can always start with flow and really get interdirected. And one of the, the practices that I have um, from reading a book from uh, James Altucher is uh, to actually write down five to 10 great ideas each day. So I sit with my cup of coffee and I think of what would I do to make the world a better place. And my creative exercise in that flow, that I w- is what I would consider flow.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not hustling.
1: I'm not mm-hmm. saying this has to happen. Oh, this is the next patented great idea. I'm just saying, come through me, let it go. What if? So you can start yeah, with be- flow.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. I think a lot of people think flow is okay. I'm going to sit and meditate, and not that that is a bad thing to do. It's a great thing to do, but it's not just getting quiet. But it's just getting quiet with yourself and listening to yourself, and and taking those kind of moments, those rituals, I would call them. That um, I forgot that one from James Altucher. I picked that one up in a while, though. Do you think yeah. that the, the this um, the pandemic? will help us to better manage this, this, this balance between hustle and flow?
1: I think it can, if we do one really critical thing, which is manage the fear. That is what is like uh, creating so much static because there is a lack of an outlet for most people to put their fear, to honor it, to say, and now I'm looking at every the UPS driver as a potential person who might kill me by giving me COVID. It's serious.
0: No, you're right.
1: So it's getting those tools, and some people are going to need counseling. I, I think everybody should get it. We've all been through the pandemic, so no one, if there was never <laughs> – a great equalizer <laughs> that, and I've always thought that everybody could use counseling. Why do we get trained how to do everything? Uh, you know, oh, we're going to get a certificate in this and this and that, and nobody teaches us how to live a happy and fulfilled and balanced life. I mean, we all have things. So um,
0: I agree getting,
1: 100%. Yeah. Managing the fear is going to be the difference. And nobody wants to call it fear. They say, "Oh no, no, I'm fine. My my uh, business was fine during the pandemic, so you know I don't have anything to complain about." It doesn't matter. You are in the collective part of humanity, and we're all afraid of loss. We're, we all have a heightened awareness, and I think if we band together, um, that this can teach us great lessons about the flow, about honoring
0: time with family, and respect, and hopefully more listening and more and listening. Yeah, I know. Cause there's a lot of stuff that's being written now about people being afraid to go back. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what lessons that we do learn. And some of the, well, I think
1: there's also one thing that I just want to touch on briefly is, um, is hustle. Shaming is when people shame you for not hustling enough. What are you doing? Well yeah, well, yeah, of course you haven't gotten your goal because you haven't done enough. And it's all about this, you know, the, this quick answer. No, that's not it. You, I'm pushing back on that. That is not it. What it is, is that I haven't found the right avenue. And you are, if you're telling me that I don't hustle enough,
0: um, are probably not the right person to take advice from. I love that word, hustle shaming. That's a new one for me. And I wrote that one down because I don't want to forget that. Yes. Um, So how has your business adapted to pandemic life?
1: Our business, it was very easy to adapt because we already were selling online. And so we had already the e-commerce, people were scrambling. We weren't, you know, a brick and mortar that was trying to scramble. And how we've adapted is actually being more open with our employees and more flexible with their time and their concerns. I mean, we have some real challenges early on, someone at our company got COVID, when it was still uh, very much taboo, it was very like, again, it was <laughs> scary. And what we did was we invested in a commercial cleaning company to come in and do a specialty cleaning that costs 1000s and 1000s of dollars to and we have a, you know, 20,000 square foot warehouse. So we had it head to toe because we honored that our employees were afraid to come back to work. Yeah, And it was pretty early in the pandemic where they didn't, you know, now people are a little bit um, more open to, okay, you can sanitize and that it's not on surfaces, but we really didn't know. So we, know we took aggressive, immediate action in honor of our employees instead of embarrassing them and saying, Oh, that's ridiculous. You're not going to get it. It's a thing. You know what? We we have the the resources to do this. Let's take the most aggressive action we can, and learn all together.
0: Yeah. No, I think that, I think that was really a brilliant move on your part because um, we didn't know. We didn't have a lot of information. I do I do laugh sometimes about the, the cleaning business. I think, my gosh, if there was a business that has grown in in the last year, it's being in, in the sanitizing and, and cleaning business. And, and what about you per, uh, personally? How, how has this been for you? I like to ask this question. At some point, I won't get to ask this question anymore because we'll be out of the pandemic, but we're <laughs> not there yet.
1: Well, for me, it's been bittersweet. I'll be completely honest. I love the hustle. I was flying to New York once a month and and working. I worked with Zuckerberg Institute and doing speaking engagements and all over the place. And my face-to-face is my lifeblood. I mean, that's what, you know, I very early in my career had thought I wanted to go to law school. I got my degree in political science, and then I worked at a law firm for three weeks. And I remember... Be having my nose in a book prior to the internet, if you can imagine the dinosaur age and having my nose in a book and like looking at people going by, going, uh, like a puppy, people, 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 people. I people you know. And that's how I feel during the pandemic. I'm like, uh, people, hugs, Oh, smiles. Uh, you know, no, you know, elbow pumps, fist pumps. So that it's been bittersweet, but on the good side, an uh, inordinate amount of time. I have three teenagers. So you really, is, yeah, yeah. This is this is something that I can never, ever uh, thank God enough for the opportunity to have you know this time one on one to design our lives to actually live to. Talk about the fears and the concerns and go through some of the challenges because it has been devastating for people emotionally, even if they don't know the isolation and the Zoom connection uh, doesn't work for everybody and people don't have big you know, if they say to me only one household, you know, three households can be together. Well, you know, Joanne, for you and I, that's like 250 people. <laughs> <laughs> for other people, it's like six. Okay, we got three households together and six people. So we haven't had, you know, during the the main part, we, we weren't having large gathering. I'm, I'm not suggesting that we were irresponsible, but the bittersweet nature of it, how it affected me personally, was it took me out of what I loved and what feeds my soul. Seeing people, seeing how a message I can deliver, an answer that I can give and just to share with them, there's hope, there's possibility. Mm -hmm. You can be and design and do anything that you want. And so that was really challenging. And I had to find different ways to do it like this, meeting
0: great people. No, and fortunately, fortunately we have technology. Because if this was if this had happened in, at a time for us that well like it did in 1918 there was no technology you know, you were just you you just you were talk about isolation without we we are we're so we're so dependent on all of this anymore um yesterday morning my computer started to freeze and i'm like whoa whoa, whoa 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 this is this is craziness so um one more question what advice do you have for our listeners who are budding entrepreneurs oh i would say are entrepreneurs are ready and they're not budding anymore but they-
1: they're, <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're looking and and uh As Zig Ziglar used to say, uh, don't get cooked in the squat. When you're a biscuit and you're ready to rise, don't stay there. (laughs) Don't stay down. Get ready to rise. And I think that is the message. And the advice I would give is to surround yourself with the best people that you can find and never, ever compromise until you do. It is your birthright on the earth to surround yourself with the right people. And you're going to know in the balance between hustle and flow. When you and I first spoke, Joanne, I knew 100%
0: that you're somebody that I would always want to know. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. And we were introduced by a third party, Jenny Powers. We'll give you a shout out, Jenny. Hopefully you'll listen to this. Um, Amazing, (laughs)
1: amazing lady, Jenny Powers. And that is the advice. Go for it and do not compromise. If you do not have people in your physical um, surroundings that will build you up or like-minded, get an, an online community, a mastermind. Um, you know, join and better yourself, learn a new skill, do something, get a certificate in something uh, and and continue to evolve and get uncomfortable because entrepreneurship is about being uncomfortable. When I started at Amazon, that when I wrote my book, it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Before I became an author, I had the opportunity to co-author with Jack Canfield. And that, talk about, if that <laughs> didn't get me Huge. uncomfortable, the man sold 500 million books. <laughs> but I was able to dig deep and find the best part of me and to be really humble. So I'd say to
0: entrepreneurs, do not settle. What a wonderful way to wrap this up. Theo, where can people find you, your book, um, spa destinations? Absolutely. They can find me
1: very simply, connectwiththeo.com and on Facebook instagram twitter all of the social media channels you can google my name and for spa destinations the easiest way is spadestinations.com or you can search for us on amazon we have an amazon store amazon.com forward slash spa
0: destinations and of course the book is available on amazon as well is that correct 100%.
1: one hundred percent. The Balance Between Hustle and Flow. It has a guided journal at the end of each chapter. So the book is really about you. It is a memoir with a purpose where my life stories punctuate each idea, but it really is about you. So if you want to take a journey of introspection and get ready to rise, get a copy. It's now available on Audible.
0: Thank you so much, Theo. This has been a real treat to have you on the podcast.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And as I always say in all my Wednesday Wisdom videos, and I will see you on the road to your extraordinary life.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note, info at joannetombrocus.com. And until next time, remember... Whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there.